0: Finally, welcome back to KOLD for the final episode of Season 1. I, Petunia Stoneberry, have updated you on the situation at our tiny little radio station in Springfield, Oregon in the past, but hey, the previously sections are often the best part of the show for me, so I'm gonna do one for you here. You can skip 30 seconds ahead, I won't mind. Eleanor, the detail-oriented... Anxious and secretly romantic manager of KOLD Radio has mounted a mission to convince the legendary Mary and less legendary Joe to invest in the station. But it hasn't gone smoothly, being marked by apathy and unprofessionalism, a script-sabotage scheme by the well-intentioned Walt, the impossibility of living in the past, the disconnect between Connell Kaleo and his voice, and, well, uh, incursions by mega-fans of Mary's music like me. Sorry. After last episode's quick glimpse into biologist Poppy's holiday radio show, holiday loneliness, and holiday unresolved feelings about relaxed actor Bebo Suncloud, the pressure is on to stick the landing on Eleanor's radio play creation, The Amazing Adventures of Brock and Sonia, which was previously taken over by Connell's metaphorical film noir writing. One small problem, he killed off the protagonist, Sonya Winters. And now, let's jump into the action 24 hours before Mary and Joe's plane touches down at our tiny, mediocrely charming airport. I was making the final touches to the marzipan Mary and Joe at the top of the cake I'd baked for their return. Hey, Petunia. Happy New Year, Bebo. I need an outside opinion. If I add fondant depictions of all of Mary's albums to the sides of the cake, will it be too much?
1: Oh no. Cover that puppy with fondant. I love that stuff. Over the break, I watched 55 hours of Holiday Baking Championship, and my brain completely leaked out of my ears.
0: What I mean is, I don't want to make her think I'm trying too hard. I already have her trust. And and I'm going to write the authorized biography. Did I tell you about that yet?
1: Yes, but spill the details. Did she tell you what touring was like for her? Did you get to read her diary?
2: <laughs> Bebo! Did you... How were like, Canada? And I wanted to... well, how great was that song?
0: I mean, like, uh, how great... how was your great-great aunt? Let me get some blue food coloring. I'll update you on the merry gossip later. Uh,
1: my great great aunt is 97, so she complained about my mom's cooking and completely destroyed us all at poker. Uh, did I answer all your questions?
2: Uh, this is not a question, but like, the holiday song. It- I was not in like the best mood, but it was touching. The scientific objectivity was touching.
1: Oh, it's not like I was the only one who worked on it. Me and Walt figured out the lyrics.
2: Yeah, but you told me about how your love of music is paired with intense fear. (laughs) Heh,
1: it often ends up that way, huh?
2: You said Miss Meloda told you in the third grade that your voice sounded like a strange hybrid of a cat whimpering and a donkey dying. But I think your voice is beautiful.
1: I I barely sang. Mary and Joe had to bury me in the mix, so, um, you're welcome. Did you want to tell me something else?
2: I guess not.
0: Walt, who was sitting in the booth, played the gong sound as soon as he saw Eleanor coming out of the bathroom. Then he bounced up to open the booth door. Miss Eleanor,
3: we're ready for the thrilling conclusion of Brock and Sonia!
0: Walter!
3: How-
4: none of you were supposed to be here until Mary and Joe's plane got back from Ireland. I'm just so surprised you're here when I didn't insist on it.
5: The kids convinced me.
4: We're here for Sonia and Brock's romance or whatever.
3: And I'm baking Mary a cake! Miss Eleanor, I took your original script that somehow ended up in the mini-fridge, and I made 25 copies of it.
4: Oh, Walter, did you press all the buttons on the copy machine again? It's
3: possible. But the result is that we're going to have copies for everyone, plus extras. You're going to autograph those ones for your adoring fans.
4: (laughs) That's sweet. But, especially now that we're all here, I was considering that we could, um, rewrite the ending. You don't want
3: Brock and Sonya
4: kissing under a rainbow? Sorry, but I was thinking about all the times that I'd run headlong into a new project or a new relationship. I I knew I was right, up to the point that everything fell apart. And then it would all be someone else's fault. I was thinking about all of you. What if someone else's crazy perspective is what I was missing? What if, even though they all stuck out like a sore thumb, Brock and Sonya needed Mechagodzilla and Phil Merlot and Amelia Earhart and Skelle Bones?
5: Are uh, you saying that... Uh... Your relationships would have gone better if you'd asked the leader of the Skeleton Army for advice.
6: I am celebrating my 105th wedding anniversary soon.
4: (laughs) I'm saying that all of us are lost by ourselves. Only as a flawed community do we have any hope of success. And so, my little writer's room, let's get to rewriting.
3: Wow, so... You actually want to hear about Skelebones and Mechagodzilla and the Segway now? I want to hear about whoever interests you, Walter.
4: And that goes for the rest of you as well.
5: Perhaps Santa's gift to us all was an alien replica of our boss.
1: Um, Eleanor, since we're going to be collaborating now, I had a kind of rude question. Are we supposed to think Brock and Sonya are a good couple?
2: Yeah, because Brock is, like, constantly posturing, and Sonya is mostly complaining, and reminiscing about dancing, and they really don't know much about each other.
1: But I could get how they could be maybe a shallow fantasy. Two beautiful people who protect each other at all costs and constantly talk about true love.
2: And are never awkward, which is totally a fantasy. Yeah, but then why is Brock kind of a jerky jock?
4: Believe it or not... We're actually on the same wavelength here. Brock and Sonya were the fantasy I wanted, but somehow I let too much of my truth seep in. Let's see
0: if we can unravel it all. At 9 a.m. the next morning, Mary and Joe pulled the KULD door open. Joe felt a bit rattled that they didn't have 35 missed calls from Eleanor, as usual when they were trying to negotiate the investment process. Mary was just relieved. Back to the swanky radio station, eh, love?
7: They've got cars big as bars, they got rivers of gold. But the wind goes right through you, it's no place for the old. Oh, I
8: I told you, the fairy tale of New York isn't an appropriate song for professional settings.
7: Oh, it's not as if we're going to be thrown out. We're the potential investors, remember? And it looks like... um...
0: Everyone's asleep. The writer's room had slept over at the station, while I had pulled an all-nighter finishing Mary's cake. I piped up. (gasps) I'm here, Mary. (laughs) See the banner? And this tribute cake creation? I don't mean to brag, but it was all me. you down, Mary. I don't
7: think we had any doubts about that.
8: Ah, the fondant versions of us finally have proper proportions. (laughs) I'm looking slimmer than ever, despite being made of sugar.
7: Good work we, Petunia. If they don't wake up in five seconds, we're taking the cake to the local pub and sharing it with the bar staff.
0: Oh, so sorry. We don't have a local pub. Will the Blathering Goat Coffee House do? Is that Mary? You're lucky you wake up at the slightest
7: trace of an Irish accent.
4: I'm grateful for all those stress dreams. Mary, Joe, we stayed up all night reworking the script. You could say
7: our only flaw was working too hard. You could say that, but we won't. I'm here for to ta- romantic gooey stuff with Brock and Sonya, and your little laddie trying his hardest to liven the broadcast sub. No more stalling. Uh, did someone say a little laddie?
8: Oh, that's deadly. Your apprentice has inherited your stress dreams.
4: Walter, play the gong sound. We need to get to work. Mary, Joe, sit down. We found you some lovely seating.
0: The rest of the motley crew at the station woke up with a start. Somehow, Poppy and Bebo had fallen asleep hand in hand.
1: What? Oh oh my gosh, I'm sorry.
2: You're sorry? I was holding your hand as hard as my white blood cell plushie. Yes, I still sleep with a plushie, but it rocks.
1: Well, anyway, it was weird, and you probably didn't like it. I was holding your hand pretty hard, too.
2: You're the one who seems, like, shaken. For me, it was like what I thought sleepovers would be like, and then they weren't. Why didn't they ever let us invite boys to our sleepovers?
1: I'm sorry. My hands are so sweaty.
0: Mary and Joe stared at the pillow fort I had helped everyone build for them. It was a princess and the pea situation. But for some reason, Joe's pile of pillows was about ten lower than Mary's. I wonder why. I don't. I did that. That's different. It takes me back to
8: primary
7: school.
0: Here, love. She handed him a pillow.
7: You aren't as far below me as they like to pretend. Uh, Sure, just nine pillows lower in status. Ah, stop whinging. Clearly you've got some power in this gammy arrangement we call a marriage. Otherwise, I'd still be sitting at home reading comments on the YouTube for me songs from 30 years ago. We all know that wasn't good for your mental health, love.
8: Of course, you're not good for me mental health sometimes. But when does that ever stop me?
5: Welcome back once again to Eerie Tales from the ether, and to our ongoing story, The Amazing, amazing adventures, adventures of Brock, of Brock and Sonia. In the last episode, Sonia Winters seemed as dead as a toasted doornail. Ah, uh, but then... Ah!
1: Sonia, no! How could you feel?
5: I guess I just don't know. Wait. Wait, what happened to your bim Sonia?
1: She... we just went over this, Phil. She was shot by Callie. Huh? Is that...
5: Sonia was gone. In her place was a tiny peephole. Not in the wall, but in the fabric of the universe. Rock pushed me over to look within it.
1: Sonya, you're so small. How dare you scare me by going in there?
6: Don't blame her, Brock. Be kinder to your traumatized girlfriend.
2: I've saved her. We're in the Time Vortex, obviously.
1: I never thought I would be so grateful for an irritating sack of bones. And so sorry for not
5: protecting my woman properly.
2: Your woman?
5: He started to jump into the vortex, but then-
2: Brock! I think we need to take Phil Merlot. He did help us through every step of the way, and he's going through a lot right now.
1: That's ridiculous, Sonia. His inaction nearly killed you.
2: He didn't want to give up his identity as a detective for the life of some random woman. I empathize. Who would I be if I never danced again?
1: Still an absolutely ravishing beauty?
2: (laughs) You really don't understand me after all, Brock Austin.
1: What do you mean? Besides, there's no room for Phil Merlot. There are already four people on that Segway.
6: Actually, we dropped a million Beethoven off. Why?
2: Apparently they were underridden.
6: But no matter. Forty-five people can fit on this Segway. Skellabone
2: says it's from the 39th century when Segway Ninebot Incorporated harnesses the power of every multiverse to create the most expansive Segway of all time and rule the
6: galactic empire. Dark times, but great Segways.
1: I have no clue what's going on, but fine. Merlot, you're coming with
5: us. Oh kid, I don't need to go into that little blowing bullet hole and ruin your life. I should face my fate.
1: Nope. Sonia says no one who's helped us gets left behind.
5: Ah, oh, she's a kind soul. Lenora, Callie Cabernet, find someone else to torment. Arrivederci!
4: <laughs>
5: and just like that, we jumped on the Segway, and the little pinhole closed. Poor Callie Cabernet was driven to talk to herself.
1: Kelly, you little spitfire, you're a terrible shot. That bullet didn't even make a dent
6: in the wall and they all got away. Perhaps now we can finally make our way to my father's castle in
7: Victorian England. No, they're never going. We
6: hate
8: Victorian England. Ooh, Though I am strangely delirious and exterior to to hear about the Segway again. I'll be happy to help you with that answer after I determine that this blue and purple
5: whirling place isn't the last thing my addled brain is seeing before I bleed out on the sticky floor.
1: Phil, do you have to monologue out loud? I'm trying to concentrate. On what? On you, Sonya Winters. Did your near-death experience change you? Just now at Zinni's, that was the first time you've ever fought with me.
2: Brock Austin, there's more where that came from. I had been so swept off my feet, so surprised by your rude beauty, I hadn't spoken out against all your brash comments. But it's clear you don't listen anyway.
6: Hey,
5: Cartlidge, if we're doing impossible things, can we go see the dinosaurs?
6: That's a rookie time travel mistake. Rookie mistake for these lovebirds
5: to fight it out, too. (laughs) It always worked out smoother for me to keep my mouth shut between
1: kisses. Remember when we danced? You tried to teach me, but my style blew everyone off their feet. Your dance was rote, practiced, stale. Not who you are.
2: My dance was stale and unoriginal? Your dance landed us at the mercy of the government soldiers!
1: Still, you are far more than your dancing, Sonya Winters.
2: What am I, then? If you say gorgeous one more time, I swear.
1: No, you're... I mean... (laughs) It's not like you AREN'T gorgeous, but I just realized how we can discover exactly who and what we are. BONY BOY! Take us to observe ourselves, thirty years later in our timelines. We won't touch a single hair on our heads, or our toupees.
6: Um, I wouldn't say that's a terribly good idea.
1: Why not? I'm prepared to disassemble you temporarily, Bony Boy. Scramble you up a bit while we get to our destination.
6: I don't think you want to tangle with me, Austin. I was merely warning you of the emotional wreckage of your
2: decisions. I'd say we'd rather hurt now than thirty years later, Skelebones, when it's far too late. But thanks for the advice.
1: Is there a button I can press for my own timeline?
6: Let me handle the controls.
0: that was becoming more common than Eleanor had hoped, the K.O.L.D. front door burst open. A tall man in brainy glasses and bright green pants was silhouetted in the rain. You! This is not part of the broadcast.
1: I don't know who this guy is, um...
0: But his Oscar LaGrange
2: pajama bottoms are, like, a distinct look.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking.
7: (laughs) Ah, love! It's another one of my fans!
5: He even has
8: your sparkly microphone.
7: James
5: Taylor, newscaster for K-A-R-Z. Philanderer, defrauder, gambler, fan fiction writer, and general do better. So, we meet again.
9: Not you, Connell. I've already settled that score. It's the nasty good-for-nothing owner of this radio station I'm looking for. Eleanor,
7: isn't it? It is, but we're in the middle of a broadcast, Mr. Taylor. Jesus, his career has really gone down the tube since that fire and rain. <laughs> so
9: funny. I've considered taking action against the other James Taylor for the emotional impact of that hilarious first impression. But I'm getting off the track. This Monday, a co-worker of mine at K.A.R.Z. asked about my broadcasting enemy, Connell Kaleo, and I proceeded to crow to her about Connell's pointless job at K.O.L.D., where his broadcast sailed past any potential listener's ears directly into the vacuum of space. I switched it on to illustrate to her the worthless programming at K.O.L.D., but instead, I heard a jingle... To, to be perfectly honest, it was very catchy. I had to eat my words. I left your station on. Uh, the jingles were so compulsively memorable that when I came to work the next morning, I forgot to read from the teleprompter and instead belted out Zifferin, Brittenham, Bronca, Fisher, Gilbert, Lurie, and Cook. Sorry. As you may understand, I made a fool of myself on local television and my boss decided to give me a few days off. All because of your jingles. So, I believe I have the right to sue
4: you, Eleanor, for broadcast... Mr. Taylor, I think you may have made a small mistake. The jingles are indeed the advertiser's property after the advertisers have paid our in-house fees, so you will have to go to the law offices of Ziffren. I've heard those names enough,
3: ma'am. Fine, I suppose. But, Miss Eleanor, I wrote the jingles. So, technically speaking and all, wouldn't the melody and lyrics and all actually be my property? Aha! Ha 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 ha
6: ha
0: ha ha
9: Oh, that's just my victory song. It's voice activated by my maniacal laughter. So I believe I have the right to sue this kid for infringement of... For what, Mr.
3: Taylor? I'm not sure what it's called, but I'm definitely suing you for it. doesn't really seem like you could sue someone for writing a catchy song. I mean, if people could do that, wouldn't Elton John be in jail? <laughs>
8: And and James Taylor, too. The real one, I mean. Trust me, kid. I have a really good lawyer.
5: When we were newscasters together, he sued me over coffee. See, I was the office barista.
3: Oh, was that like the McDonald's coffee lawsuit where McDonald's got played? That woman spilled it on herself.
5: No, we're
1: the ones who got played because we believe McDonald's side of the story. The woman actually got third-degree burns because McDonald's was storing their coffee at 190 degrees. There was a really good video about it in my YouTube recommended.
5: But none of this happened to James. Instead, he claimed that a medical condition meant that I had been making his drinks far too cold, despite the fact that he requested them iced. The word
9: iced never came out of my mouth. I fear all forms of ice. What's the medical condition called? Oh, you wouldn't know about it, kid. He
5: doesn't remember what he confabulated.
9: I won the case. Of course I do. It's just that Latin names are a bit of a blank spot for me. Cold, cold, colder. Ursula, urgent. A week after the
5: trial, I caught him scarfing down a pint of Ben and Jerry's. You're such a joke, Kaleo. Deny it all you like. But that was the beginning of a beautiful acrimony.
4: Uh, well, uh, Mr. Taylor, it doesn't need to be this drastic. I wouldn't want us to have to call Ziffrin Brittenham, Gilbert, Lurie, and
9: What did I tell you about those names? Your little friend here is going to court, ma'am. No, he's not.
3: I've never been to court before. It might be fun. But, Miss Eleanor, I was thinking, since he works at the TV station and all, it needs advertising, right? Well, I thought maybe there could be a jingle for it on KOLD. He said everything we do is sucked into the vacuum of space. But still, the more advertising, the better, right? And that could help him turn his career around. That's brilliant, Walter. Mr. Taylor,
4: clearly, from your experience, our jingles are very hard to get out of your head. Effective product placement. So, a jingle for your TV station would be a good choice, would it not?
9: Maybe. We do have this children's show we're trying to start up. (laughs) I'm co-executive producer. (laughs) It's called Turbo Shark. It centers on a young shark with magical powers, including super speed and invisibility. Unfortunately, once they discover his abilities, the government puts him in a secret facility. Then a boy rescues him, and they begin to fight crime. But
3: its 10 p.m. time slot isn't helping it much. Hmm, Baby Shark, doo-doo-doo, no, no, that's already a song. What's another name for Baby Sharks? Oh, Turbo Shark was just a pup when they came along and locked him up. A boy came to his
7: rescue. Oh, the laddie's a fast songwriter. We may have to get him a record deal. Oh, I do believe that'll work.
9: That can even be the Turbo Shark theme song.
4: You did it, Walter. Your show is in good hands, sir. I assume we're in the clear then? We can return to our broadcast?
9: Blast! I wanted to sue somebody today. You did a bang-up job, kid. Thank you. Hey, Connell. Enjoying your time here in this hole? Enjoying those luxurious chairs and that state-of-the-art equipment? Do you miss the $8,000 espresso machine at K-A-R-Z? You might want to get that light bulb fixed.
5: Oh, go to hell, Taylor. See you there, Kaleo. (laughs) You can't play your victory music.
9: You lost. Remember? That's where you're wrong. I got a perfect theme song for Turbo Shark. Remember to send me the sheet music,
0: kid. James Taylor strolled out of KOLD. Still far too confident. That was a disaster.
4: You salvaged it, Walter, because you are a genius. But Mary, Joe, I let him tread all over me. I'm sorry, my management
7: skills are lacking. You may as well just leave now. Eleanor, what do the pharmaceutical loving Americans say? Take a chill
8: pill. And have some of the jalapeno chips.
7: I can't hear you over the sound of me extreme comfort and desire to hear the end of Sonia and Brock's story. I hope they stay together.
8: I'm not so sure, love.
7: They are both a little arsey in their own ways. Oh, don't you see why I hope they stay together?
4: My lack of a backbone combined with my controlling nature, which I'm trying hard to better control, it's created nothing but chaos at the station.
8: I like chaos more and more in my older age. We thought you understood. We're not just investing in you. It's you and your community, the whole station. Now scrap on back to the booth and play us our program. Eerie, Eerie
5: Tales from, from the, the ether. ether. Sponsored by. Yeah. Turbo Shark. A new TV show, executive produced by James Taylor.
8: <laughs> Turbo Shark was just a pup when they came along
3: and locked him up. A boy came to his rescue. Now they're fighting crime and having fun too.
6: Turbo Shark is so cool. Turbo Shark, the boy, and you.
3: Turbo Shark is here to stay. Turbo Shark is ready to play. With a price that just cannot be beat. Turbo Shark is
6: really sweet. Turbo Shark is so cool. Turbo Shark the Boy in <laughs>
4: Turbo,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Turbo Shark A new TV series coming soon to KPTV Buy the action figures now Plants it's free with the purchase of five action
6: figures, shipping and handling, not included. Place it includes amazing water changing packet that turns your boring tap water into Turbo Shark approved seawater. Warning, Turbo Shark approved seawater, not for human consumption. Watch out for the new Turbo Shark full length movie, coming September 2027 Turbo Shark Inspect!
7: doesn't the laddie have a name
8: I admire the marketing acumen uh, the characters don't even have names and and they're they're already selling the playset.
1: it I command you to take us to our futures
6: Fine. exactly 30 years from now in three two, one <laughs>
2: Wow, we really are back in the 23rd century.
1: At an Ultra Ball Galaxy Championship.
5: It looks as if you're still together. That's got to count for something.
2: Look, that old woman.
1: I find it hard to believe you could ever be old.
2: Well, that is me, and
4: she's saying something. I'm tired of you playing this recording. I wish virtual reality was put to better use.
1: And now he, a far less handsome version of me, is turning to Sonya.
4: What would you
5: prefer we watch? A giant, adorable kitten exposure video?
4: Yes, then you would be extending a tiny bit of bravery, facing your fear like you did once, instead of replaying your glories from 2314.
5: It was your glory too, you know. You cheered me on every step. And
4: of... managed your publicity campaign and helped you make the right choices, I am acutely
5: aware. Ungrateful! Just strike out on your own, your own dance studio. Without a dime or another word from me, <laughs> see how far you get. Uh,
1: I don't like where this is going.
5: The older son, yeah? Tore off a virtual reality hits it and walked away, retrieving a cramped apartment.
4: Fine. Sit there in your fake world and play Ultra Ball. I'm making dinner, but don't expect it to be anything you
6: want.
2: I think I get why you didn't want us to see this Skellabones.
6: Oh, I didn't know what your particular situation is, but everyone always regrets seeing their future. Sometimes it's too good and sets high expectations, though this is not your circumstance.
2: Well, I have to ask, does that mean dance anymore?
6: Your file states that your dancing career clashed with the exploding popularity of singer-athlete- an inventor of many dance moves, Brock Austin. Spectators found your dance style mediocre at first, but then most criticism came from your own household. Brock, how could you?
1: I I hate that me. No one ever taught him how
5: to love.
2: Are you blaming me for future you's terrible behavior?
5: If I may speak, my job involves the collection of evidence, but often, one piece of evidence seems to speak much louder than it deserves. They call these red herrings. Don't let this glimpse into who you could be ruin who you are now.
1: That's weirdly profound, Phil.
5: It's true.
2: Maybe... Skelebones, take us back to the dance hall where we met. Take us to a time when we can be alone. <sighs>
6: Your bonnie chef it's your service.
2: We have a shot, but only because... You know this, don't you, Brock? We're not real. In the real world, this is a million times harder. Like swimming through molasses. I guess. But here, we could actually change the future. Either we give up on each other now, or open ourselves up to change and improvement to the highly unlikely idea that we can change each other for the better.
1: I'll choose the second one. I want every day to be like a personalized present. I'll open up for you, Sonia. unlike that jerk sitting on the couch replaying his Ultra Ball tournament.
6: But after this, we're going directly to my father's castle, to solve the mystery of his untimely death. That
5: does sound like a job for me.
2: Stop giving us previews of future episodes, guys. We need to be in the moment.
5: The dance hall wasn't my kind of place. A twinkly song was playing,
6: and lights streaked across the ceilings like dancing stars. Some punk music would really liven this place up. Am I right? Bon Shh!
2: Brock Austin, I'm more than happy to teach you how to love.
1: But you're expecting more from me.
2: I expect you to teach me enough courage and devotion to love you back. I expect you to teach me about myself.
5: From the shadows, somehow I saw an older Sonya watching the scene wistfully and narrating to herself.
4: Brock looked at Sonya with a strange, unexplainable look on his face. Sonya looked down at him, confused and slightly embarrassed.
2: I'm done. You can talk now.
4: Slowly, a smile crept up on Brock's face, a glowing, radiant, and utterly loving smile.
6: I
1: don't think I really need to, Sonia.
4: Sonia led Brock in a dance. Then Sonya and Brock shared a passionate kiss as the sun crossed over the horizon and the sky filled with orange-pink light like the wings of a phoenix.
0: Uh, Bebo? Yeah? Back in reality, in the radio booth, Poppy approached Bebo and kissed him. Then they just stared at each other.
2: Crap, none of that was necessary. It's just radio.
1: Good radio. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know our listeners would have preferred...
5: (laughs) Older Sonia slowly dissipated into the air. Sonia Winters didn't need her foreshadowing anymore. She and Brock were free. Their futures, undictated, undisclosed, undefeated. I wished everyone else the
8: same, Preeti.
7: Lot development was predictable.
8: Uh, everyone knew that Poppy and Bebo would eventually get together. Brock and Sonia, on the other hand, delivered the real twists. Now you've heard the amazing adventures of Brock and Sonia.
5: Of course, there's more to hear from them. But this was the conclusion of their epic love story. Next time, Skellabones will take us on a spine-tingling journey the unsolved murderer of his own father in Victorian England, and I can make no promises about whether a giant, adorable kitten will reappear.
7: Well, Eleanor, does that round things out? Does it wrap things up with Brock and Sonia? Yes, if
4: you think it does, that is. Forgive me.
0: Eleanor was still a little distracted by smiling at Poppy and Bebo. We all were.
4: Yes, that was our intended ending. A little shaggy, but it shows the difficulty and the
7: possibility of love. I don't think things would have worked out right for us, love, if we'd seen into our own futures.
8: Oh, I I strongly disagree. We're getting fiercer and more brilliant by the moment. Well,
4: may I pop the question? Will you invest in our radio station? Will you keep us going, or should I finally put that for lease sign out?
7: Oh, look, Eleanor, I was considering it, but this whole Victorian England plan is brutal.
8: Yes, yes, we'll do it. I don't know why Mary has had to drag this out for so long. I've been hopping up and
7: down to show how much I love it for days. Because it's a lot of money, love. But we're in now. We can't dig ourselves out. We appreciate the hearts and souls of all of you, and we appreciate the chance to reinvigorate ourselves and have total creative control of a whole radio station. Total creative control? Those are the rules of the contract, depending on how I define total, of course. Number one, scrap Victorian England. Scalabones will investigate his father's death in Ireland, or maybe even somewhere like Chile. It'll be deadly. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, that'll work out then. Let's cut the cake. Number two. This poor fella Connell you've had for donkey's years, carrying the channel, deserves his own music show with all the punk programming he can handle.
5: Connell's back corner concussion?
7: I've been pitching it for months. Uh, we Will be workshop at that name. Number three. I'll be able to perform whichever songs I choose on the station, no matter what my religious listeners think. It's high time I stopped censoring myself, right, love? Well,
8: I'd never go that far.
7: Well, I have, and everyone knows you've had loads of control over my artistry over the years. If I want to break into Connell's punk band, I will. You will? I didn't say I, I would. But all of you get your hopes up faster than I pulled my stockings up on those Broadway quick changes. <laughs> Fortunately for you, Joe, tonight I'm in the mood for one of my old classics and crack. Little Eddie, you got the sheet music all prepared? I
3: actually had time to read this one.
7: Glad to hear it. Un and a Pula McCree, Pula McCree. Graven McCree, unglash to grave and McCree. Hearing the beat of my heart, the
0: pain in my heart, the
7: scrape of my heart. Are you hearing the scrape of my heart? Ungh, the kushla McCree, the jam and the long, neben the grave, ungh, and the kushla McCree. of my, my heart in the palm, palm of, your of your hand, hand chill of
2: your hand, love,
7: feeling the beat of, of my heart. Scram, scatter, up the yard, lay off, you tone-deaf lassies. Don't be thinking you can be interloping just because some bits are in English. But Mary! We just wanted to join in as a community and give the song more body. Give you the sense that we're all working together as a group, like you said. All right. I appreciate having a community, and now it all makes sense, and we can skip in a circle like we girlies. Except not, not when I'm singing. Mistocious Granduc could sing better than you lot. Janey, may you sing like you're bollocksed. Just
0: hop off, all right. Our faces turned pale, and we sat on the floor. I remembered my vow to write Mary's biography without making any suggestions and shivered in terror. What awaited us as we worked together? Before any of our minds could run too far, though, we re-entered the domain of true beauty.
7: I looked
0: behind me. Bibo sat next to Poppy, who opened her hand to him. He took it. So sweaty.
1: Uh, I know. Always.
0: You were
2: so nervous. You didn't even, like, want to talk to me earlier.
1: Because you were so nervous. It rubbed off on me, and I thought now I'm pressuring you into us, whatever us is. And I didn't want to do that, so thank you, because I wouldn't have looked you in the eye ever again. Nothing would have ever happened if you didn't have the bravery to act.
0: Yeah, case closed, I actually am a great actor. Conal gazed absentmindedly at Eleanor. Walt smiled at everyone in the room. Eleanor stared at the ground at a torn-up picture of her ex, then patted Walt on the back. Old man's coat, too big for you boy, worn out shoes on the
7: feet of my son. Kick in my heart, breaking my heart, tearing my heart, are you wearing the tear?
0: Next time at our cozy radio station, some of these questions may be answered, or maybe not. Life's like that, you know? You could be wondering about something for months, but no, it'll never be resolved, and that's part of the joy of it all. Anyway in the upcoming season of KULD, will Mary, Eleanor, and Joe end up in a war of the wits over creative changes to the station? How long will Poppy and Bebo Pebo? Bobby? Eh, Bobby is better. Really last? How will Walt's Radio Chosen Family react to his original family knocking at the doors? How in the world will the KULD family continue to put up with the uh, I, Petunia Stoneberry? And Who are the surprising figures from Eleanor and Mary's shadowy pasts? Find out, maybe, in KOLD Season 2. And remember to tell your friends about this show and leave a 5-star rating in Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcatchers. Okay, okay.